Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is a show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. I'm going to keep the intro very, very brief this week because I have a very exciting guest for you. Her name is Anita Taylor and she is a practicing artist, professor and dean at Dundee University and founder of the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize, which celebrates its 25th anniversary in 2020. So we are going to get to know Anita Taylor a little bit better. We're going to hear about the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize and there's going to be loads of information about how you can enter this year's Drawing Prize and Working Drawing Prize as well at the end. So sit tight and enjoy my interview with Anita Taylor. So I am here with Anita Taylor, who is a practicing artist and Professor at Dundee University and founder of the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize, which celebrates its 25th anniversary in 2020. Hi, Anita. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for chatting with me today. I have so many questions for you, but I suppose it's probably a good idea to start at the beginning. So, can you tell us a bit about yourself, Anita? Because you've got quite the resume. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I'm. I'm an artist and an educator and um, I also organise exhibitions because I'm particularly committed to the role of drawing in creative practice. So I organise lots of things around that, uh, but I am a practising artist. I'm the Dean of Duncan and Jordanston College of Art and Design at the University of Dundee. So I believe very much in making creative environments for the next generation, if you like. You, you know, you professor and, and Dean at Dundee University. How did you take up that role and how did you become an artist? Um, well, I didn't plan anything. That's the first thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess drawing is the, the key. Is that I mean, I drew as a child and I drew my way through school and I found my way to art school. So I did a foundation course in Cheshire. I went to Gloucestershire College of Art to study fine art. Uh, I was in a painting department just making drawings largely. Um, and then I went to the Royal College of Art, so I had fantastic education. Was taught, I was taught by brilliant people. Everybody, I um, all throughout my education, drawing was a fundamental means of communication and expression, and something that was the critical element of creative practice in terms of generating ideas and thoughts. Um, so for me, it, when I say that drawing took me everywhere, it really was um, something that was my... I guess centre uh, is that it's the thing that I turn to to find out what I'm thinking, why I'm doing what I'm doing, how I respond to the world. So that's how I went through uh, my education. I went on then to be artist in residence at Durham Cathedral for a year. It's stunning. I've seen it before. It's, what, <laughs> it's the most amazing place and it was the most privileged wow. uh, residency because it was a full 12 months. I lived in the university, worked in the cathedral and had a fantastic, well, many exhibitions along the way, met many brilliant people, reflected on lots of brilliant things um, and then had a solo show at the end. Uh, and that actually um, made me think about being in London. I obviously thought that I would work in London. I went to Gloucestershire College of Art. I went back to be a fellow. So a day a week teaching and the rest of the week in the studio as an example of practice for the students. And then I went back to London. But in the meantime, I was shortlisted for awards. I was picked up by a gallery. 
did all of those things. So I had a dual track career, but I kept being asked to teach and I taught all over the country as a part-timer. Uh, and in the end, uh, which was a brilliant thing to do, and I was very committed to doing it. I'm first generation into higher education. There are no artists in my family. The idea of um, giving back, if you like, or connecting to people, if people saw it to be of value, um, then that was something that was important to me. So I quite quickly became a portfolio career artist educator and then the balance of that went into taking a job at Birmingham, having taught across the country from Central St Martins through to uh, Newcastle and Sunderland in the middle of the country, Sheffield and Nottingham, Birmingham. Um, so it was uh, a career that just kind of carried on and the you know the joy of working with students and working in education is a privilege. Do you, do you focus mainly on drawing now? Is that still your primary practice as a, as a practicing artist? Drawing, drawing is the fundamental thing that I do throughout everything and I draw in lots of different ways so I've made large charcoal drawings around exploring the role of self-portraiture, the role of identity, what it's like to well, the discrepancy between what you look like, what you feel like, and how you apprehend the world, and the world apprehends you. So I work, I've made a long series of works, which I've, uh, have been with me throughout my career, of looking at the idea of self-portrait, identity, representation. Uh, but I also make paintings that explore the female subject, quite often working with transcriptions uh, maybe from medieval tapestries or from other paintings oh or other drawings but thinking about repositioning the female subject uh, within um, the visual arts or within the work itself yeah. so I've, uh, but I you know and I make drawings in different ways which are about devising the structure of uh, paintings or, or other things so that's fantastic. Well, you have your uh, what's the finger in so many different pies. I don't know how you keep up. Um, but that's very exciting that you are still a practicing artist. You're a teacher, and you know, and we'll get on to talking about this. What's going on at the moment with the Trinity Boy Wolf Drawing Prize? So, it was founded in 1994 by you. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Um, and this year, <laughs> markets. I know you've been working on it for 27 years, but this is its 25th year uh, anniversary of the prize. The official anniversary. Is that right? It's the 25th annual exhibition. We had an exhibition in 1994 and we took a year out when we realised how um, popular it was and we didn't really have a funding structure. So we took a year out to get our structures, funding, everything in order and it's run annually ever since 1996. Well, it's an incredible prize with incredible opportunities and we're going to talk about that. But can you tell us a little bit more about how and why you founded this project and what it means to you and, and uh, how, how you came to support the arts in this way? Um, there are probably a couple of things around why. I mean, the most important thing is I was a head of painting at the time when um, the project was founded in the form that it is in 1994. And I was teaching drawing to undergraduates, finding it quite difficult to find good exemplars of contemporary drawing for them to see. Um, and there was very little on show at the time. It was much less popular than it is now uh, in terms of forming the, the, the core of exhibitions. Um, and students need to see, you know, they want to feel that what they're doing has a connection to the real world, you know, to the world that they aspire to. So um, the, 
the question that you know I knew lots of people were drawing I was drawing lots of fantastic people were drawing um lots of people were very committed to it but there wasn't as much access as there was obviously there were big museum collections and shows intermittently mm. when there was the Hayward annual there was the Cleveland uh, drawing biennale um, but they were very specialist exhibitions so the the idea was to uh, have an exhibition of drawing that it would be open and completely open that no one would know anything about the works and we would structure an opportunity led by artists for artists uh, and make the most of an open exhibition format but we also used it to not just allow students to see who was drawing and what they were drawing and how they were drawing uh, and to see not not join in with but see a selection panel choose work um, it became a professional practice um, opportunity. So the students in the first year, we worked with them to devise all the administration behind it, all the structure of the process, the handling, everything to do with every part of running an open exhibition. So, And it's maintained student involvement every year, um, working on the exhibition as interns, paid interns, um, and giving them the opportunity to understand what an open exhibition is. Mm. And one of the most important things they learn is that when your work's rejected, it's not a rejection of you. Yeah, um, it's the work tough. that's rejected, <laughs> and the work may, in another exhibition or with another panel, may well have been chosen. Mm. And the other thing is that they also have an understanding that sometimes things happen for yeah. people because their work is interesting to one of the panel mm. um, and they maybe get another opportunity out of that afterwards or for, or indeed from drawing projects um, which I founded when I went to Australia to run the prize as the the organisation for it. It, it. You know, there are opportunities that come out of these um, exhibitions because it's about getting your work in front of people. You wouldn't have another way to do that. Absolutely. It's a very inclusive approach you've, you've got as well. And, and I'd like to talk a little bit about how uh, how the process actually works from start to finish, because I know, um, you know, you mentioned it's an open exhibition and, and how the judging works. Can you tell us a little bit more about how how it's all structured? Um, well, it's uh, it's an open format exhibition, so anyone can put in. Uh, for 17 years or while we were with the Jerwood Charitable Foundation as the funder, we restrained, restricted that to people within the UK uh, because of the funding uh, that they have. That's their remit as a charity. Um, so we've, for, um, for a big part of our history, the remit has been the UK. It's been open to anybody. Um, people don't have to be artists. They can be designers. They can be engineers. They can be anything. Uh, we're interested in the drawing and yeah. only the drawing. Yeah, that's so true, and, because you can have architects, engineering, everything starts with drawing in so many different industries. And, and lots of people draw who and who draw incredibly well, who are not professionals. I mean, it's, um, mm. it's a really interesting uh, feel because it's incredibly democratic. Lots of people do it, and it's really fundamental to them in some way. Um, so it's a completely open remit. We don't have any limits other than the size of what we can transport and the, problem, the challenge that we might face if we took something complex uh, into a show that required a specific environment. It's a touring exhibition. 
the work has to be handled. We have anything up to three and a half thousand submissions. Oh my goodness! And in, no, and in the normal years, this year is not quite a normal year. Yeah. In normal years, we handle everything. So we bring all the work in. We have collection centres around the UK, in Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, and across England, so that we can assist artists in getting their work to London to the selection point. Um, and then we present all the work to the panel uh, who change every year. So we have a different perspective, different group of people working together and different work being presented to them to test whether it's a drawing in some instances, to confirm if it's a good drawing or interesting drawing in others. Yeah. Um, and the panel are the arbiters of, of what gets submitted. Fantastic. And am I right? Because I remember we spoke briefly that the judges don't know who the work belongs to. Is that right? It's anonymous. That's absolutely right. This is, a, this is an exhibition process which is completely formed on the visual values. So it's the visual values alone that they are uh, visual or tactile as sensory values yeah. that they're working with. So the idea is they're presented with the work anonymously. They, we, we have an amazing system, which means we know who the work is by, where it's been submitted from. Uh, we can access all the information. Uh, and if needs be, we can also make a call if we need to find something out about it. Yeah. But we, what we preserve the idea that it's about someone's drawing. It's about the drawing and what the drawing conveys itself. Fantastic. And, and you mentioned that it goes on tour as well. And that starts in, uh, does it start in London or it starts in Dundee? We, we launch the exhibition in London every year. So we launch now at Trinity Boy Wharf uh, and we do the awards um, and then the exhibition goes straight out on tour. So we launch it where it's homed um, and we have fantastic sponsorship. This is the third year, a fabulous sponsorship from Trinity Boy Wharf Trust. Yeah. And they have spaces within which we work. And for them, it's really important, as it is for us, that the work is on show there too. Um, they're a kind of mini epicentre for drawing. They've got the big drawer there. They've got the Royal Drawing School. Um, they're very committed to drawing um, as a critical means of communication and act. Yeah. Um, so it's a very great place to be. But we launched there. We announced the awards. We uh, enabled the educators in London to come to um, see the show so that they can plan for when it comes back to London. Mm -hmm. um, but it goes straight out on tour and this year it will come up to Dundee yeah. um, and then it will go back to London and to Trinity Boy Wharf just after Christmas uh, in the new year and then it will go on tour from there so it, it usually tours from September to June um, yeah. so it rolls all through the year and then it, it goes back uh, the selected work goes back to the artist and we start all over again it's We've a already huge it overlaps it's a mass this is a yeah. massive deal and, it, and it's it's a massive drawing prize this is the biggest in the uk i believe isn't it of drawing yeah. prize so uh, incredible uh, that it's going around the, going around the whole of the uk and amazing exposure as well and i believe there is um so for the winners the obviously there's the exposure there's the exhibition there's recognition um there's also a cash prize though is that right for, for yes absolutely i mean it's um, so the most important thing is to be selected, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the getting through the process is quite something. Yeah. And then we have a first prize, a second prize, a student award, and we have a working drawing award. So the first prize is £8,000, second £5,000, student award is £2,000, <laughs> and uh, the working drawing award is also £2,000. I mean, the, the prizes are... You know, fabulous. And what's I have to say, you know, the, the last two winners have been amazing in 
the way they've used the prize money, and that quite often is the case, is that, you know, they've used uh, Alice Motimunov um, used hers to study at the Royal College um, as a uh, amateur student going back, and the year before, Caroline Burroway, who works with refugees uh, in Greece and in Calais, uh, the two drawings that she, well, she won with one drawing, she had two drawings in the show, um, were of refugees from the camps in Calais, uh, and she used her prize money to reinvest in the project, which is very much about bringing information, knowledge, understanding of those hidden communities and the desperation within which um, they're living. So there's, um, you know, the amazing things happen with prize money. Of course, it also brings additional exposure. Uh, but our role is to make sure that everybody has, uh, you know, exposure is supported. Uh, some people won't have shown ever before. Uh, some people uh, are very experienced, well-known artists who come sure. through the show. I like how democratic it is as well. That it's the criteria is just shows what you can do. That's really great um, as well. And I think that it's a testament the fact that people are using their prize money for these amazing kind of ventures, mm. important things, is testament to the kind of project that you're running. Yeah. So um, that's reflective of what you're doing. It's amazing. And I know that obviously COVID nineteen has kind of made things a little bit trickier for you. But I know that the September exhibition, yeah, exhibition in uh, London. Um, so <laughs> we're working. We've we're working very carefully with the phasing and the understanding of what we may need to do in terms of yeah. lockdown and and then coming out of that into safe social distancing, everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've adjusted our process for the selection this year to a two-stage process, mm -hmm. but we will see the work in the reel in August, um, in or, or July, August, in order to make sure the show is selected from actual drawings, which has been our USP. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the exhibition, yes, we'll launch on the 23rd of September, unless there's another lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll be just adjusting what oh, we do, I hope for as we've done all year, <laughs> like oh everybody God. everywhere. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, I know. I mean, it, the, you know, it, it is what it is. What we're trying to do is ensure the opportunity mm -hmm. is still there. Um, it, it, all the forecasting means that we think uh, we're confident that we'll mm -hmm. be able to launch in September and then it can go out on tour. And we've got so exciting. You know, we've got contingencies in place. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's very exciting. So like September, you need to keep in your diary. The show must go on September twenty third. I'm excited. Um, absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about drawing because because obviously I'm speaking to you and I want to make the most of your expertise in the drawing sphere, as it were. Um, so I can't, what, what do you think the impact has been of this drawing prize? I mean, not just for the winners, but sort of, you know, nationwide. I suppose. I think. Uh, well, I I feel that we've contributed to um, a swell of interest in drawing itself. Uh, I mean, 25, 27, 30 years ago, there wasn't very much in terms of infrastructure for drawing in the same way. I mean, the Big Draw was founded uh, around the same time. Uh, Royal Drawing School came along the drawing room in London. I mean, there are there've always been organisations for drawing, like the Drawing Centre and in New York. Yeah. Um, but I think what we've done is provide an annual forum for people to consider what drawing is, what drawing can do and who it's for, how it operates and how it uh, can make sense of the world. So it's provided a forum to have the discussion about what drawing is, the values around drawing, what makes a good drawing, why this particular year 
these drawings are selected. Um, and it, it allows people to have that conversation about how we make decisions based on visual communication. Um, so, you know, it's used by schools, it's used by uh, universities, it's used, you know, the sector of drawing researchers um, see it as something they want to reflect on and visit. Um, so it has a, a core audience. So it's not just what it's added in terms of thinking of making visible who's drawing and what they're drawing and contributing to the knowledge and understanding of drawing as a practice mm. and its application. It's also, you know, made career defining moments, not just for the winners, but for the people that's given the confidence to continue in a direction. You know, there are artists who will say, it doesn't matter to me if I don't get in, this is actually something I work for and it's about testing whether the work I've made in the studio has made sense. So it's an opportunity to get work in front of people you admire. Yeah. Uh, we have a, had amazing selectors every year um, and they're always terrific and people are really genuinely interested to look at drawing. I mean, Michael Simpson, when he selected it, just said it was, you know, this amazing experience. So did Cornelia Parker, you know, the, she called it a workout for the eyes and mind, I think. Oh um, and, you know, there were lots of, we've worked with lots of amazing people on the show um, and it has a very faithful following, uh, but it also finds new audiences. It's very, it's not just democratic in its process, drawing in itself is quite democratic and it's an amazing way to engage with the with people who know nothing about art, um, you know we have it at, out in university galleries and uh, council-run galleries, you know municipal galleries. We have it out in centres where there's a community focus, and it's engaged with by all ages, by all kinds of people. Um, and we around the exhibition, we build an uh, an education program. An engagement program, so it's always got new things coming to it, and the joy is it goes out on the road, and other people create an education yeah. program. So it's it's discursive, it's dialogic in its whole yeah. uh, means of operation. Absolutely, I mean, you've sold me. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, time to submit. Yeah, right. We'll, yeah, we'll pick that up in a second because I want everyone listening um, to get involved. But um, have you seen? Uh, interesting. It's it's occurred to me. Have you seen the trajectory of drawing change throughout the years you've been doing this? I mean, it's in its twenty fifth year now. Have you, have you seen the kind of shift in what people are drawing, how they're drawing? The the shift comes. I mean, there are things that happen subject wise from year to year. Uh, you know, and I would anticipate this year that we'll see lots of really extraordinary drawings. Um, I mean, we're, one of the thick capacities of drawing is to respond to the moment. Totally. You know, it's got a long history of documenting the present politics, society, yeah. human conditions. So, it, you know, and it does other things too, beautiful aesthetic yeah. uh, things. So, you know, it has a full lexicon of operation and it changes from year to year you'll find there are, we find that there are some kinds of drawing that come through mm. every year what I'm really desperate to do is have a period of time to reflect and analyze and work with someone actually to reflect on that so I'm very keen that in the coming couple of years that there is a, an archive built for it properly so that we can document everything that's been through the exhibition even if it's a digital archive 
Uh, I mean, we don't own the work, so retrieving it, but we do have very good photographic records um, going back to the time we started doing fully illustrated publication every year. Um, and we think we can retrieve quite a lot of the rest. Oh, uh, we, can we can certainly retrieve all the information about the artists, their titles, their medium, you know, all yeah, the yeah, yeah. metadata is there. Um, but I think it would be really great to do that. I think there are also some amazing career stories in there. Um, it's had amazing artists in the show, people who maybe weren't as well known at the time they were in the show, yeah. who are now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it has a whole network of connections. Yeah, and to look back over, you know, the work that tw 25 years of work from not just you, but from, from hundreds of people would be, uh, thousands of people would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the bit that we're excited to share. Which is that, <laughs> so you've mentioned that anyone can apply. You don't have to be an artist. Yeah. Uh, you could be an engineer. You can be a, an, an amateur artist. You can be someone just trying something. You could be a professional. Uh, how do listeners apply and what, what are the dates we need to look out for? Great. There, now this year, because it's our 25th year, I'm going to preface this by saying we've got two new things about the submission. One is that okay. we have a separate submission for a working drawing. Uh, and that working a drawing award submission date closes on the 24th of June. And the working drawing award is seeking drawings, which are about workings, working drawings for art design, architecture, engineering, science. Uh, anything that goes into production. So it's about planning, propositions, sketching, uh, works that um, convey an idea of something that's then transformed into product or artifact by someone else. Um, so it has an amazing panel. It has Alan Baxter, the engineer, Sir Ian Blatchford, the director of the Science Museum, Piers Goff, the architect, and Sophie McKinley, who's director of programme at V&A Dundee. So that has its own panel and own selection process, and it will have a special display. But the Trinity Boy Wolf Drawing Prize uh, main element of the exhibition will be selected by Ian McKeever, the artist Francis Morris, director of Tech Modern, and Sophia Howe, who's a curator and writer based at Dundee. Um, and that will have the submission date by uh, the 9th of July. Find our website, you find information from Parker Harris, who are the project managers, uh, all through Trinity Boy Wharf's website itself, or the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize website, or the Drawing Projects website, uh, and you'll find links to an entry portal. And then you can register to submit your work. There is a charge to register, um, that's to cover the administrative process of submission. There is a different rate for students. 24th of June for the Working Drawing Prize and the 9th of July for the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize. <laughs> Same website, you go to the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize website or the Art Ops portal if you're familiar uh, to find the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize entry portal and there are two pages so you can enter working drawings for the main prize um, and we anticipate there'll be some crossover Mm -hmm. um, and that we will manage because uh, we want to make sure our work gets in front of all the panels as we need to. So go to the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize website and get your submissions in by the 24th of June and the 9th of July if you'd like to take part. And uh, Anita, is there anything else that you want to, to say or conclude on? Or Other than to say we're really looking forward to seeing amazing drawings as we do every year, working with an amazing panel and 
we really hope to celebrate our 25th annual exhibition in style and we hope that it's going to be a wonderful moment after this kind of crazy terrible time that we've had this <laughs> summer but we hope there's one thing that people have been doing and we hope they've been drawing yeah um, and you know what I think a lot of people <laughs> I haven't been drawing before are gonna start have started drawing now which is exciting so you might get a full spectrum of submissions I'm excited for you we look forward to it it'll be amazing we see all the work so it will be amazing to see oh, the whole all submission right. this is exciting I'm excited for this prize um get your submissions in um by those dates and Anita thank you so much for talking to me today it's been a pleasure Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you too. I hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with Anita Taylor. She's so talented, isn't she? There's so much she's done um, and clearly so passionate about what she's doing. And I really, really am excited to see what amazing artwork is going to come out of this prize. That is all we've got time for this week. But thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. I would once again like to thank the NHS staff and all essential workers for keeping us safe right now. Um, I also want to just refresh your memory. Last week, I named some anti-racism resources, which I found really helpful. So those, once again, are healthline.com, British Journal of Photography, Black Lives Matter anti-racism resources, and medium.com slash wakeupcall, which provides a detailed list of anti racism resources which is being constantly updated so definitely go and look at those um they will also be detailed in the description of this episode as well on resonance radio and also once it's published in the podcast thank you so much for listening and see you next week at 3 30 on resonance 104.4 fm